0: It's funny because I've got my sermon on my laptop, but I've also printed it just in case because you cannot be too careful. It's a little bit weird. I'm used to sitting in my armchair, like Rich said, with my pajama bottoms on, my cat barrel in a corner cheering me on. So we'll see how it goes today. So, yeah, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. It's in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, if you want to follow along and it goes like this to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else jesus told this parable two men went up to the temple to pray one a pharisee and the other a tax collector the pharisee stood by himself and prayed god i thank you that i'm not like other people robbers evildoers adulterers or even like this tax collector i fast twice a week and i give a tenth of all i get But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus is telling a story of two opposites, isn't he? Really, one squeaky clean, seemingly, um, not a burden on society. And the other one has probably got quite a colourful past, probably. You know, he's been taken from the poor, given to the rich, keeping up a load for himself as well. But I actually think that this can be one of the stories where we could struggle to figure out which one of the characters we want to identify with it would be quite nice to have our act t- together like the pharisee fasting tithing praying studying doing all of the things that you don't have to worry about any repercussions from but then you see the tax collector who at least at this point by the time he gets to the temple he's humble and he's honest and he's on his knees and he's seeking god and we can see as christians that that's something quite desirable you know there's something pure in that So if I was to put a label on the box that I'm trying to unpack today would be the word response. So we respond or react to something, don't we? So it's, in our case, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, Um, and I I know I've said it before, Jesus dying on the cross is something so massive, isn't it? Something of that magnitude should create a life-changing response in us, it should you know, change how we look at each other and how we treat each other, how we think about each other. Uh, a good marker for that is Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not look into your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So our response to the gospel is part of what sets us apart from the rest of the world isn't it and that being set apart is something that i was thinking of quite a lot when i was preparing for this and there was something that came up in my head all the time so i thought i'm probably meant to share it so here we go so i i told you before i worked in a in a bar in chesterfield and we also served coffees and there was a group of ladies that used to come in every week same day same time on the on the dot um in their 60s, 70s, probably, and I know they were Christians because they would talk about the vicar, they would talk about what church was like on Sunday, and they used to leave little gospel tracts, little bits of paper with Bible verses behind for us in the staff to find as as we were cleaning up the coffee cups after. And that's all well and good, but the problem I had with this was they were terrible to deal with, terrible to deal. With. They would click their fingers at me to get service if you take nothing away from today please don't do that to start to stuff <laughs> like just uh, they are people too bar staff waiting on staff. they are people and um, they were the only people that i used to have to get the thermometer out to make sure that i could check that the coffee was hot enough i actually make quite a nice cup of coffee not 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 as nice coffee as dion does she makes like pretty patterns and stuff i can't do that um, yeah, they were always just fussing, faffing over the smallest details. Never any generosity to speak of whatsoever. So the problem I had, as a new Christian I was at the time, was what they were, what they said they believed, didn't gel with what they were portraying. I could hear that when I was clearing coffee cups, there were, you know, near them other tables i would hear them say really scathing things about members of the com- of, of their congregation or oh, this person's a rubbish witness blah 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 and then i would find a piece of paper that says there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus <laughs> i could it didn't gel it didn't mix so i say that because i want us to take a bit of a look inside what do you portray to people whether you were like whether whether not, not just people you know, but other people, people, like bar staff, waiting on staff, the checkout person at Aldi or wherever you shop. Do they see the love of God and the grace of God and the patience and the kindness and the generosity? Do they see that in you? I think sometimes God uses passages like this one to make us take a long, hard look at ourselves. And sometimes that's actually it can be quite quite painful because some of us will find that we do harden our hearts and that we have come become a little bit prideful Um, but pain can be an indicator can't it that something needs to change and pain can be the catalyst that you need for that change to happen when um my dad was in hospital a couple of years ago um, he'd fallen in hospital banged his head really badly got a massive bleed on the brain for those of you who i knew at the time um, who were at rk and prayed for that thank you thank you very much i was able to give him a big hug the other week so that was very much appreciated but anyway i had to dash over to see him um, we weren't quite sure how he was gonna how he was gonna get on by the time i got there you know he was bandaged up to to high heaven honestly he was bruised battered wires and beeping things and machines and whatnot coming everywhere and um, and the first little I don't know day or two maybe I can't remember The the staff were I mean they were all amazing but they were really gentle really softly spoken really you know yeah really gentle with my dad and with us and the family and then um, I don't know a couple of days after his surgery maybe there was a lady that came in a lady nurse she was quite butch quite forward quite loud and I thought hang on a minute what's good like the seasons changed in that room at that time and she came in and she she rubbed her fingers on his chest and she said his name really loudly and I thought what back off he's just had brain surgery what are you playing at and I I was quite upset at the time and it was not comfortable for me because I wanted to have at her but I don't know I don't know medical things do I so I calmed down and then I spoke to someone afterwards and they said that actually do you know what he he looks bruised and battered but he's actually quite comfortable at the minute he's he's got so many meds flowing through his his system at the moment they needed to wake him up to progress his healing because you can't learn to walk again if you're sleeping you can't learn to talk or use a fork or his favorite things now is eating ice cream and making coffee. Mm -hmm. You can't do that if you're asleep. So at some point actually you do need a little bit of a a catalyst to progress. Um, I say that because if there is anything in the text today or if, if there's anything in the things that I say that makes you feel a certain type of way, like you want to say, oi back off lady take it to God but actually do take it to God figure out where it comes from if there is something that makes you feel uncomfortable maybe that is a sign that you do need to change something maybe it is a sign that your hearts have been hardened it's not to do with me what goes on in your heart but it's to do with God so please do face it if uh, if that's for you Now, verse nine in the text says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And they say it's good to let scripture interpret scripture. So thinking about righteousness... Romans 3.22-24 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So looking at the Pharisee in the in the parable, the thing about him is that it's all well and good that, that he could say that he was not an evildoer, a robber and adulterer because he's right to say those things aren't good for anyone but what he seems oblivious to is that righteousness cannot be born from pride um, apart from Jesus we, do, we are not righteous um, now the tax collector on the other hand who sees the error of his ways and he sees that he's gone wrong and he's pleading with God for mercy I'm willing to bet yeah, that that mercy will not stop with him God's mercy will flow through this person who obviously will receive it. And that's something that you feel it that changes you, doesn't it? And it's something that you want to give out. It doesn't stop with you. So it will flow through him into the community that he lives in. So he recognizes that he's been rescued from something. Um, But the good thing is that not only does he get to spend eternity with Christ, but that relationship starts on this side of the grave, doesn't it? A while back on our our RK family Facebook group, um, Karen Northen shared a little picture that invited us all to share our testimony in three words. Um, And it was really nice actually, quite a few people joined in. Um, Ali said, forgiven and restored. Uh, Jonty said, I'm home now. Um, Rich Old said, didn't expect that. (laughs) I thought that was quite funny. (laughs) Um, Emma Duffy said fearful to faithful I said rescued from myself and I loved reading all those comments because it just showed that we've, we've all come from somewhere we've all been rescued from something whether we were saved at birth or saved later on in life like I was we've all come from somewhere and that turning to God is the turning point to, for the like, of our lives isn't it So we have to make sure that somewhere further down the line, we don't do a full 80 and end up facing the wrong wrong way again. You know, the Bible talks about us being jars of clay. And God uses these jars of clay to store his treasure in, you know, the love and the light of Jesus. We have to make sure, and I think passages like this help us make sure that we don't take these jars of clay and store toxic waste in them. Nathan Blackaby said in one of the CVM podcasts um, that we need more of these cracked vessels leaking God's presence into the community and I love that we're all a bit cracked some of you are bit crackers <laughs> um, I did a little bit I did a little bit of <laughs> so rude I do apologize <laughs> um, But if these cracked and crackers vessels are spreading the love and the light of Jesus into the community, that's a really, really good thing. You know, we have to recognize our shortcomings and give all the credit to the one who put us back together again. The one who made us useful again. That's not us, by the way. That's him. Yeah, so, you know, we, we live in response to what he's done. So we respond by giving each other the benefit of the doubt by reaching out a helping hand when we can. That's, you know, and just going the extra mile for each other, because that's living a life worthy of the gospel, isn't it? And I think that phrase, living a life worthy of the gospel, can be quite loaded, because it'll mean something different to all of us, I think. We, we all have like a, a different image of what that will look like. But one of the phrases that kept coming into my, my, my head as I was preparing this, Makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think there's something to it. Everything we do as Christians is in response to the gospel. Sometimes our response just isn't very good. We can't take Jesus and put him in a cupboard like he's a temporarily unwanted Tupperware container because we wanna be over here and putting someone down, gossiping about someone, being a little bit unkind. We don't get to do that. Jesus is absolute. He is the way, the truth and the life. He's the Alpha, the Omega. We don't get to shove him aside. What we get to do is align ourselves with that and stop trying to take the place of judge and jury and executioner of our fellow human beings. We do harden our hearts sometimes. And the Bible says that we should guard our hearts because everything we do flow from there. so how should we respond to the gospel how will the word world see us as set apart john chapter 13 35 says by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another so loving one another means loving the people outside of these walls as well and i know at the moment we're in a bit of a, a time of waiting we're waiting for a building we're waiting for a pastor both of those things are on the card and that's a really really good thing but the waiting in itself is uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable because you don't like change you don't want it to come or it can be uncomfortable because you want change and you want it now please but regardless of what, what where you're at between those two ends of the scale if you like what do we do in the meantime we praise the lord because it doesn't matter what building we're in and who's in the building with us he's good Regardless of what our circumstances are, he is good. And secondly, I think we get on with our business. Like, he's in charge and he is in control. And he's given us something to get on with, hasn't he? Because there are people out there living lives that directly affect ours negatively. Because if we leave the tax collectors out there, they're going to keep collecting taxes. And they are facing a Christless eternity, and that's where we need to step in, don't we? And in the next chapter of Luke, chapter 19, we get told what Jesus did with the tax collectors when he meets Zacchaeus. And it says, um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief, chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. here and now i give half of my possessions to the poor and if i have cheated anybody out of anything i will pay back four times the amount jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost jesus is amazing isn't he he just did those things that we like balk at a little bit but actually reading that we can see that that's good news for us too because it means that we're not written off we get the second chance and the third chance he will never turn us away never forsake us but we should humble ourselves and admit that we get it wrong sometimes and admit that we are hopeless without him so i just want to add though as i'm about to finish that the pharisee isn't written off he needs the gospel too He just also, he needs to wake up and smell the coffee and know that God is God and he's not. Um, But then on the other hand, the minute the tax collector loses his humility and starts sneering at the Pharisee, he's in the same pickle. So, I think it's not about who we are or where we come from, what we've been rescued from, but who is Jesus to us and how do we respond. So... Just pray. Um, Father, I pray that you will help us to face the uncomfortable and messy corners of our hearts. And I pray that you'll shine your light in there. I pray that when we hear your words, that we take them to heart and that we will be kinder, more gracious, more patient. um, Help us to live lives worthy of your gospel and be good news to the world around us. In your name, Jesus. Amen.